0: Amen and amen. You guys all right this morning? Yeah. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. I can see it. So, as we're doing the offering, I'm just going to pre-start the message a little bit, if that's okay with you guys. And I'm just going to open up with prayer. So, Don't worry if you're giving money to the Lord with your eyes are open, that's okay. So, Father, this morning, we humbly and lovingly lord open our hearts to you we expect and father that you have something important to say to us and we say yes and amen to what you want to speak we ask you holy spirit that you will help us hear the truth and let that truth, Lord, sink deep within our hearts. And let it establish itself like a seed and grow, Lord. And we all said, Amen. Amen. So, I was telling Byron a while back that I had this message. It's been maybe a couple of weeks. And, uh. I'll stand the Lord. You know, sometimes when you get the message right away, you have these fire the buns in your belly, man. You feel like you need to deliver at that very moment. So, but the Lord always puts me in this position where if I'm not relying on him, that should be enough for me to say that part. I just got to rely on him. So, it might be a little bit scattered, Maybe but I'm hoping that as it comes through to you, that it will actually come together. Amen. Because sometimes when the Lord will speak to me up here, I could look at my notes and the Lord could say, all these throw it out the window. It's happened before. It happened before, many times. where the Lord will say, listen, I'll give you the message when you get up there. I don't know how you know how nerve wracking that is. Because you go, I'm standing in front of people, Lord. Don't you care about how I feel, Lord, at this moment? And obviously he does, but but he's a good father. And he knows how to get the best out of us. And he knows how to keep us open so that we can actually speak exactly what we're hearing him say. Yes. And that's really where the key thing is. So, how this vision and the vision of what I saw was I saw this encroaching darkness. That was like pressing up against the light so hard. And what it looked like was, I don't know if you've seen those cartoons, sometimes you see these evil shadow, overshadowing either, either kid or something like that, right? And you can see the claws and everything. That's what it looked like, like an encroaching darkness. And I remember asking the Holy Spirit, I said, well, what am I looking at? And the Lord said, you're looking at the present day in terms of everything that has happened, not only in the United States, but just wild, wild. Like you're seeing things that are taking place where the enemy has decided that he's going to place all his cards on the table. Because he's gotten very overconfident in how much he's pushing upon values that the Father's will established. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit said after that was one word he said, prayer. Now I know you hear that word prayer. And some of us, obviously, maybe you've been in a prayer meeting where you're forced to pray. And it feels absolutely none. it's not as genuinely coming out of your heart. And you feel like it's a struggle. But I want to present something else different to you this morning. We know very well that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, right? Period. Okay? And here's what it says in Ephesians. Okay? Actually, I was going to start from verse 12 there, Denise. I gave you verse 11, but I'm going to start from verse 12. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. In the heavenly places so that's scripture so those are not those are not these Africans words okay that's what it says in the word we, we fight not against flesh and blood so how does this connect with prayer right the weapons one of the weapons okay there's several weapons the Lord has here one of the weapons the Lord has given us is prayer okay and I feel like what the Lord is Saying this morning is, he wants to invite you into that space. It's an invitation. Okay? It's not an obligation, but an invitation. Okay? And prayer... How can I put this in a proper way? Prayer has to stem from a place of relationship with the Father. Okay? Not a place of legalism. Not a place where somebody says that you need to pray. But rather it needs to come from a place of relationship. Where you're sitting down with the Father. You're talking to the Father. You're worshiping the Father. You're just in this place with the Father. And you hear the Father start speaking things that are in his heart. Okay? You hear those things that he's speaking in his heart. And those are the things that you start lining up with and start speaking out. Jesus never taught us to pray any other different way. Everything that he prayed, he prayed in relation to the Father. Never outside that part. Even when the disciple asked him, How should we pray? I'm gonna read that later. You're gonna see it still stemmed out of relationship. So when I hear you when I'm saying this morning that we're being invited into prayer, I don't want you to think for me from an angle that this is something that you have to do legally. This is an invitation that the father wants you to hear what is in his heart and then speak those things into existence. Lining up with those agendas that come from the father's heart is what we're looking for. So when you look at the present darkness that we have right now, right? I don't have to say enough about the news media, do I? The worst prophet that has ever been released in the world. I'm just going to say it's the truth. Okay? That prophetic voice. And everything that I said this point, it's all confusion, lies, and it's caused people to be in derision. It's caused people to be in fear. Okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to get into a political bandwagon over here, okay? But I just want to point things that are obvious, okay? The next thing, those political agendas that you hear, right? There's many political agendas that are being released at this point. Okay? From gay marriage to... Do I need to say all of it? (laughs) It's a long list of it. It really is a long list of it. Okay? But... Each one of those attacks are values that are important to the father. Okay? The value that is important to the father, we call him father, is family, right? And that's one of the agendas that is being pushed forth. Is the breaking down of the nucleus of the family. Okay? And those things, just listen to the Father's heart. Those are important things to the Father. Because when Jesus came, one of the things that he said, he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, okay? Because that word often means what? Abandon. You got to fend for yourself. You got to protect yourself. You got to, all these things that you need to do for yourself, it's all self, 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 self. And the world suffers from that part. When you look at, the generation right now that is on the streets rioting and pulling down monuments and graffiti everywhere. Most of them are like from between the ages of 17 and maybe 21. I think when I saw that on TV, my heart just went somewhere else and I could feel the father's heart. looking at this young generation that seem to have lost their bearing of what it means to be in a family. You know, because when I look at my son and I'm going, if he was out there, I'd be going, son, what are you doing? But most of those kids that are out there, you wonder who's telling them, why are you, what is your vision? What are you trying to fight for? Who's holding them accountable? Okay. In some instances, one of the things that I was saying was there was these uh, older black men and women. Probably like in the '80s, okay. They were protecting the Lincoln Memorial, okay. And they were talking to these young people, and they were trying to really speak politely, gently, as a father would, or even a granddad would. The younger people, you could feel the anger and the agitation. You could feel the. That they felt, this is my right to do this. Okay? No humility concerning who you're talking to in front of you. Which is an older generation that needs respect. So that is out the window. And since I could even argue logically and reasonably and in a manner that proved their point, instead they got into temper tantrums. And what they'll say is, why will you not let me do this part? Okay? Why will he stop me from doing this part? And that's the crowd. Why will he stop me from doing this part? I should be doing this part. And then they started crying and everything. Like you're going, this is crazy. Because they shifted from reason and look at okay, well, wait a minute. This man has something that he, the reason he's standing up here. He has something to say I need to, maybe we need to listen to what he's saying. But instead, it's this thing, I'm entitled, and I need this, and I need it now. But there's a young generation. It's a fatherless generation. Mm -hmm. Mercy Lord. mercy. Mercy Lord. So I want to tie all this back into prayer. I promise you. So, in the agendas that you see presently okay one of the things i hear holy spirit is saying to us is what we think about what we say really has to line up what is in the father's heart first has to line up what it says in the word we don't have another plumb line okay we you can't get into these empty arguments Paul talked about that part. Empty arguments that get you nowhere. Right. Yeah. But instead you got to use what we given, which is the water is a plumb line. And that is my standard. I don't have another standard. Yes. Yeah. There is not another standard. For, if you are a follower of Jesus, there is not another standard. It's the word that is your standard. Yeah. And anything else that opposes that, then you should know right off the bat. Right. That's anti-Christ. You cannot get into any other arguments. It's pointless. It's pointless. Because it's not flesh and blood. Well, it's not. Period. The Bible says that. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. So when I'm looking at that person. Throwing a temper tantrum. I'm going. There's demonic voices behind that. That are just pushing. Trying to get you agitated. Trying to bring you from the heavenly places to this lowly place so that you can battle like chickens. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting with Christ. We have the highest vantage point. That's the truth. We have the highest vantage point. We're not crawling up there. We're looking from things from that perspective. I'm going to read something for Romans. Okay, this is Romans 13, starting from verse 1 through 5. God, okay, I want you to understand when you read it, I, I want to see what clicks in your heart. Okay, it says, everyone must submit to the what? Governing authorities, right? For all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. What do you see right now? Every authority comes from God, right? He says that. That's scripture. That's my plumb line. So anything else that says we need to do away with police, that's already untied. Okay. A governing authority that has been established there by God. And we're going against that part. What should that tell you immediately? Are you dealing with flesh and blood? Are you dealing with other demonic forces that really have very, very bad intentions from the beginning? Kill, destroy. Kill, destroy. Okay. So anyone who rebels against authorities, rebelling against what God has instituted. And he said, they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike feet in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. See, the law was not established for the innocent. The law is established for who? The, the law breakers. Yeah, okay? If you have no intentions of doing wrong, the law does not apply to you. Because you have nothing to fear. You have no intent of doing wrong. But if you have intent turned or done wrong. Then there is an authority there to. Est- okay. Help me Lord. Help me Lord today. And he says. Would you like to leave with that fear. Of the authorities. Do what is right. And they will honor you. Okay. The authorities are God's servants. Sent. For your good. But, if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid. For they have the power to punish you. They're God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. That's the word. Yeah, that's a good word. So, what we have... What we have is something that God has established, right? And there's something about our prayers that can make a difference in what is currently happening. Paul goes on and says, pray for your leaders. Okay? I mean, that lady, Pelosi? Uh, yes. That was a challenge for me when the Lord said, need you to pray for her. I said, man, everything that comes out of our mouth, man, is just like crazy. <laughs> but the Lord said, pray for her. Okay, that's my job. Okay, that's what is lining up with the Father. The Father saying, pray for them. Okay, because the rain falls on what? Both the just and the <laughs> wicked. That is the common grace that is available for everybody. Anyways. See, every fruit that we see right now, right? Jesus said the tree shall be judged by its fruit, right? All that you see around you and the fruit that you see should tell you something. Okay? If it's an apple seed that you plant and it comes, becomes an apple tree, then it should produce apples. You can't produce grapes. Okay? You can't produce grapes. So you can judge the fruit that comes about as a result. I remember posting this thing about, you know, on Facebook. I try to stay away from stuff like all this. Try to let people just educate. And try not to offend anybody, really. But it's hard not to do that these days. (laughs) And it was about the whole communism thing, okay? It's a video that was so well put together that shows you, the original communism, you know, the whole Marxism idea, and all that stuff. Very well put together, okay? And for me, I was just like, well, the fruit that I see of what is happening on the streets, right? You can see Marxism ideas that, and tactics that are being used to get about change, right? So that's the fruit that I see. So my response to that was, let me just expose what it really is. So that the generation right now that has been educated a lot in socialism, there's a big old generation that has been educated in socialism. Because I'm an educator. I don't educate through, I don't do that part. I really don't. I teach math. I'm thankful for that. Because you can't really muddy math too much. And that's a beautiful thing to me. I'm like, you can't ask me about that part, you know? One plus one is two. Ain't nothing racist about it. It just it is. So, if you get a history, hey, you know what I mean? It can be subjective. But math, I'm like, listen, don't, don't get in my space, man. I'm good. But you see the fruit that is there that you cannot deny, right? So, I'll do that part. And somebody responds on it. Okay, And their response was like, mean, I cannot believe that you're going to believe in this propaganda. That Don't you see? This is just an agenda to put fear in people's hearts. And I said, my response was just really simple. I just listen, I'm not here to offend, number one. I just really want to expose what the idea of communism really is. That was it. This is not personal. This is just to show for what it really is. And the fruits of it that you can see right now. Right. You know, and I said, I see that right now currently. So I felt like I had a need to do that part because I see maximum ideas that are really being used. And the fruit of it, you can see all this violence. Right. Okay. So they on friend read beat from Facebook, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. And I didn't even respond negatively. I was just like, oh, okay. All right. I didn't know that was personal. But hey, hallelujah. So, so if we're looking for a different kind of fruit, I hear the Holy Spirit say, it's time for us to stop planting the seeds of prayer. Okay, the seeds of those things that we want to see. Those seeds that we know are in the world that, that the world has established and said exactly the way it should be. We need to stop planting those seeds. Because we can come in agreement with the Father because we know that is the Father's heart. So, I don't have to resist or fight that part. All I have to do is sit and listen to my father and speak exactly what he's speaking. That's all that Jesus did. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. Okay. And whatever I see him do and whatever I hear him say, that's what I say. Period. So if the Lord says, love your neighbor, I'm going to go love my neighbor. Okay. Whether the come to Maxis, whatever it is. But you got to hear the father speaking to you about that part. You can hear the father saying to you, your neighborhood, I want you to pray for your neighborhood. Just find out what is in the father's heart. And then speak those things. That's the invitation. It's not legalism. It's out of relationship. I want to repeat that. It's really out of relationship. And here's the good news. There's none of this stuff we're called to do by ourselves. Did you know that? None of this stuff is for my own strength. That's the good news. Okay, it takes off the heaviness. It takes off all these other stuff. Because here's what Jesus said, right? In John 14, something from 25 through 26 says, I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the father sends the advocate, the helper, the comforter, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything. I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift of peace of mind and heart. I'm leaving you with a gift. We can be at peace in our hearts. We can be at peace in our minds. We don't have to adopt all this other stuff that's going around us. Amen. I remember when Jesus was saying this, the disciples' lives about to turn upside down. Okay? They're, they're fixing, the whole world is fixing to go upside down. And it says, and this peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give you. See, that, that tells me a lot. If I hear, if I feel something else creeping in there, oh gosh, the economy is going to fall apart. I know immediately, oh, the enemy is starting to speak to me, man. Get away from me, devil. I don't have to listen because my father's already said, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be troubled. I've given you peace. I've given you that gift. So I'm going to line up with that part. So I can hear things even more clearly. So, the good news, we're not doing this alone. You can tell. He's going to give us who? Okay. Now, the relationship that I want to talk about, too. This is Matthew, starting from chapter 6, 7 through 13. He says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating. Their words again and again. Do not be like them. For your father. Hear that part? Because who? Your father. He did not say. Then you need to do this part. But he said. But because of your father. Right? Knows exactly. What you need. Even before you ask him. Pray like this. That things, as soon as it says your father, it's relationship right away. It is. Yeah, it is. I- immediately. Like there's no, there's no other, nothing else. It's relationship right away. Right. And it just says, since you're praying to your father, this is how you ought to pray. Right. Not like the Gentiles with the babble, babble, and repeat, repeat, repeat. Like, a, you know what I mean? That would wear me out. <laughs> I'm just being sincere. Say 18 times, this, this, and this, and this, and this. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh. I mean, by the time you get out of that prayer meeting, man, you crawling. Like, you need something. you like, oh, Jesus, help me. I don't know what just happened. You know? Not because you got smacked by the Holy Spirit, but you just got wore out, flat, what? Like, completely what? But he says pray prayer like this. Our Father. It didn't even say, our. it said our Father. He, he's bringing us into that family. So "You have a father. This is what you. This is how you need to pray. Our Father." I, I mean, just think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. Our Father. You in your own prayer closet. My Father. Daddy. Nobody else there. You. Jesus said, "Go shut yourself in a closet and talk to your Father." It doesn't have to be out in public. Go in there and have that private moment with your father. Just hash it out, whatever it is. You have a broken heart, hash it out with him. Just I have a broken heart. You you any afraid? your friend? You can be honest with him. I fulfill my heart and let him come for you. Because he's your father. He's my father. He's our father. That's the bottom line. Our father. And we can take comfort in that. That he will take care of us. That he knows what we're going to say him before we say it. He knows what we're going to ask for before we do. That gives me great comfort. That means I don't have to come in there having like at least like I have all my words in a row. Like just nice and lined up to make it sound so great. I can just come in there and just talk to my dad. With a sincere heart. Say, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And I underline this part in my notes, it says, And do not let us yield to temptation. What is the temptation of fear? The temptation of like you fearing that, oh gosh, I'm going to lose my job. The temptation of, oh gosh, these United States are going to be overtaken by communism. None of that stuff. Like you cannot allow your heart to go there. You have to line your heart with what the Father is saying. Period. He said, but rescue us from the evil one. So even that darkness that I was saying. I knew that I can speak to my father and just say, you know what? I just want to curse that darkness right now and push it back as far as I can. Let it go back to the hell that it came from. And that prayer, that part, I love rescues from the evil one. That's not the first time Jesus said that part. I'm going to read it again somewhere else. He was praying to the father for all of us and he said that again. So we can line up with that and say, Lord, protect me from the evil one. Yes. Uh-huh. Rescue me from the evil one. And I can say that because that is already in my father's heart. I'm not begging, I'm just telling my father, I need to be rescued from this evil one, man. <laughs> Done. And I'm going to do this other part. Sometimes, you know, we don't know what to pray, right? Truthfully? Have you ever sat there with a father and he's just awkward? Because <laughs> you're like, uh, well, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what to say. I'm just here. Because you don't, you don't know what to say sometimes. Like you just get in there. I've been there many times. You get in there, you're like, okay, uh, well, I don't exactly what to pray for today. Not sure what it really says. Something just gonna see here. But even then, even then, remember what you say, right? I'm gonna give you who? Holy Spirit, right? Even then. Listen to what it says in Romans eight, twenty six through thirty. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our what? Weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for. Prays for who? Sweet Jesus, even when I do not know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is interceding on my behalf. I don't know whether that's good news for you or not, but I'm just saying it takes the weight off. It takes the pressure off. It just makes you know I can be with my father without the struggle or feeling like I got to come up with something brilliant to say to my father. I can sit there and just wait on the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden something happens in you. And I won't keep on reading. Says, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. The Father who knows all all, all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers. Pleads for us believers. Meaning that when you are not able to pray and you feel like you have nothing left, guess who else is praying for you? Then you got the Holy Ghost who's praying for you. Then you never alone. He's praying for you then as well. Because you're feeling weak. You feel like I have nothing left to pray, Lord. And the Holy Spirit begins at that very moment. And he goes on. He says, we know that God causes everything to work together. And he goes, on and on. I don't want to like, time wise. I can't read all that right now. But I think you get the meat of it. If that's not enough. Let's look at Hebrews 7:20 20 through 25. So says, this new system was established. Okay, I'm going to give you more. The good news just keeps on getting better and better. Okay? We can pray to our Father ourselves. The Holy Spirit can pray to the Father through us and we don't have anything else. But something else is even there. It says, this new system was established with a solemn oath. That, I could finish then go home established with a solemn oath Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath but there was an oath regarding Jesus for God said to him the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow you are a priest forever I don't want to get into all the biblical stuff having priests that intercede for you right Jesus came we became priests and kings and all that right but yet, there's something else that Jesus does on top of that. He's a priest forever, right? Forever established. A priest intercedes, right? A priest steps in the gap, right? You see all that stuff right. yeah. in the sacrificial stuff. Somebody will bring a pigeon, or somebody will bring a goat, or somebody will bring, and they'll bring the priest. The priest will slaughter it, smear the blood, and all that stuff. His sins are forgiven, right? Goes on and on and on. It says, because of these oaths, Jesus is one. Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. Guarantees. I just want to emphasize that part. He's the one that guarantees. That will guarantee you. Yeah. There are many priests under the old system. There were many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever. Forever. His priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Just think about that. We have a possible relationship with the father. We can interact with the father. When we out of it boom, the Holy Spirit is interceding. When we are out of it, boom, Jesus is continuously interceding for us. Amen. I mean, is that not good news? Yeah. Does that take the weight off of you? Knowing that Jesus is continuously interceding for me and for you. Because he was established by an oath that nobody else had. And he's forever a priest, forever a priest. And guarantees that this covenant is established. And therefore, he is forever interceding on our behalf. Ooh, we have a good daddy, man. We have the best daddy ever. Ooh, Lord, help me. I'm looking at the time. I'm trying to finish up. Yeah, I'm going to skip that scripture. So... So this is last part that I'm summing up, just want to sum up in how the enemy has gotten overconfident, okay? And I want to see what the power of prayer does to destroy the works of the enemy, okay? This invitation that will been given into prayer. That will only stem out of relationship for it to ever be powerful, for it to ever really work. It has to be established from relationship. You have to come from that point. And the Holy Spirit just kept emphasizing that over and over. You have to come from the place of relationship with the Father in order for you to have true prayer to actually bring about a real change that we're looking for. That we can push that darkness back. Because the father is going to release. He says it. Release his angels. His warring angels. Okay. If you don't know whether this is scripture. I want you to look at the book of Daniel. Okay. Daniel was fasting and praying for 21 days. And the first angel that God dispatched. Found another principality that he could not overcome. So the father sent a more powerful angel. The part of the ways. That Daniel got a breakthrough in prayer, because yeah. the Father sent the help spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not flesh and blood. Yeah. Spiritually, He sent the right army to deal with the darkness that was present. And we have that power from our dad. We can say, "Send the right, the right angelic host that will go forth and demolish the powers of darkness." Yeah. Because I can line up with that, because I sit in the Word, I sit in the Word, so I can proclaim that that every ugly thing that is trying to establish itself against Christ may be demolished in the name of Jesus. Send the warring angels and the warring forces that will come forth and push the present darkness. That those values that are important to the Father may continuously be established. So this is from Isaiah thirty six. I'm just gonna set up the story real quick. The Syrians are about to attack Jerusalem. Okay. And Hezekiah was a king then. He was a king. And obviously, if you know his guy's story, he had done some stuff they shouldn't do. The prophet rebuked him for it. Okay. And because of that, all of a sudden the enemy was at its wall. Syrians were there and they came to take over the city okay and I'm just going I'm picking pieces the whole thing is good you can go read it it's our 36 and 37 I'm just picking pieces out of that so I'm going to read from uh, verse 12 this is 36 12 and it says but the chief it's not Karib, the chief of staff replied do you think your master send this message only to you and your master? He wants the people to hear. it. Okay? So there's a message that the commander, that the king has sent his commander to go and speak to Israel. And the Israel council is saying, maybe you shouldn't say it too loud. Because we don't need other people to hear. Okay? So that they don't strike all these other fears. So we don't need that part. So what we need to do is you know, can we like me and you just talk? And not all these other ones, but he comes screaming out. Okay, he says, and then he goes and says, he wants all the people to hear. It. When we put up this city under siege, they will suffer along with you. Do, do you hear that fear that is being released? Because he wanted the, the enemy wants other people to hear so that there's fear, that breaks in people's hearts. And he goes and say, you know, they will be so hungry and thirsty, they will be eating their own dung. You can tell what that is. Drink their own urine. Okay? Then the chief staff, the chief of staff stood and shouted in Hebrew to the people on the wall. Listen to this message from the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Azakar deceive you. He will never be able to rescue you. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely rescue us. This city will never fall in the hands of the Assyrian king. And it goes on and on. Then I'm going to skip through to verse 18. And he goes on. This is somebody else. I mean, yeah. Verse 18 goes on and says, don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us have the gods of any other nations ever saved people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath and Ipad? what up what about the gods of gosh that's a hard name sounds like I'm speaking Malayalam they're back there they know what I'm talking about did any god rescue Samaria from my power? What God of any nation has ever been able to save its people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? But the people were silent and did not utter a word because Hezekiah had commanded them, Do not answer him. Okay. And I'm going to skip a few verses that are highlighted. And then on top of that, somebody else gave the same testimony to Hezekiah. Again, repeating the same message twice, okay? And here's Hezekiah's response, okay? This is now we're on 37, starting from verse 14. It says, after Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord, all Lord of heaven's armies. Just want you to hear that. Oh, Lord of what? heaven's armies. Okay. I just let that sink in. Okay. Oh, Lord of heaven's armies. Oh, God of Israel. You are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are the God of all the kingdoms of the earth. Oh, Jesus. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, oh, Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, oh, Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown gods of these nations into fire and burned them. But of course, the Syrians, but of course, the Syrians could destroy them. They are not gods at all; only idols of wood and stone, shaped by human hands. Think about the policies. Now. O Lord our God. Rescue us from his power. Then let all the kings on the earth. Then all the kings on the earth. Will know that you alone. Are. You alone. O Lord our God. And this is what the Lord says. About the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even. Shoot arrows in it. They will not march outside its gates with the shields now build banks of earth against its walls the king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came i just want you to hear that he will not enter this city says the lord for my own for my own honor and for the sake of my son david i will defend this city and protect it that night the angel of the lord single right that night, the angel of the Lord went out to a Syrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. That was just one. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish the rest. I just finished that. That one wiped out that much. But the part I want to emphasize is, is a highest prayer God of what? Heaven's armies, people. We have a father that has armies. Has armies that he could dispatch and take care of the present darkness. And he did it for Hezekiah, even though Hezekiah didn't do everything right. But he did it for his own name's sake. And it's true, he is a god of all the kingdoms, there's no other gods. Okay. So, I'm not going to do the last verse, Denise. I just want to finish there. Okay. So, we can pray confidently. We can enter into that place with our Father and pray confidently. Knowing that our Father, even before we said it, knows our need, even before we said it. Amen? Amen? So, that was really the message. So, that took a little bit longer, bar. those last scriptures are how to decipher which one to pull out and leave. But I to trust the Holy Spirit, help me. So, I'm just going to pray for us. Is that okay? And as I'm praying, can we have the ministry team come up? You know, let's have the ministry team just come up. So, Father, your word has gone forth. And, Father, you have built hope in our hearts. Your broken stuff of our minds. You have shown us, Father, through your word that we can stand knowing that you are faithful. And that you are our father. And we thank you for that. So I ask you father that this invitation will go deep within our hearts. That we will respond father. And come into those safe places with you father. And be able to speak to you frankly and truthfully lord. Father I just pray there will be an awakening that will just happen across the nation lord. That there will be a unifying theme there'll be a unifying spirit because we're all of one spirit that we'll pray father to see the present darkness be pushed back in the name of jesus and we all said, amen so the lord bless you lord keep you if you need more prayer from any of these lovely people up there please do come but if that have a great rest of your sunday